Hey there, and welcome to Vet Club. Um, and the week, the week in Vet Club, the Vet Club week. First week. Of welcome February. to the week. It's the first week of February. Is it really? Oof. Twenty twenty two. Worrying that it's flying by. The second week because I have to work this Saturday, and we're going to go out of town next Saturday. I'm like, oh no, am I working the Saturday? Did I mess we're it up? We're supposed to go out I'm of town. Go out of town that I planned all this stuff for. Yeah, you planned a bunch of stuff. But I did. Stuff. I did it right. Yeah, good job. But any, so we might not have a week next, no, not this week. We should be good. And next week, but the week after we may not have a week because we're going to be out of town and yeah, that's important and we got to take breaks. So I was thinking about, okay, what are the, what are the big things that happened this week? And there were uh, a couple things that, um, I think are, are worth talking about and highlighting. And one of them was, um, you know, we made a mistake um, in a case this week, and so I thought it would be good to talk about it. Um, not the specific mistake, um, just because I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or you know disclose anything that people could figure out, whatever. Yeah. Um, but just in general, talking about like making mistakes, it's a part of the deal, uh, and it sucks. But I think when we don't talk about it, when we like pretend like oh like, let's pretend like we never make mistakes and we're perfect, it one it. It, it's not good. It makes um, other people feel worse when they make a mistake. It like, makes them feel worse. No one ever makes a mistake. Well, and it also, I'm the first one ever. So this is actually one of the um, kind of big features of um, what's referred to as safety culture. Um, so if you're trying to promote a culture of safety, then um, blaming individuals for mistakes is not the right approach because it makes people less likely to disclose when they've made a mistake. Like I got to, I got to cover this up or keep it secret or I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to tell anybody about it. And that's actually not the kind of environment where, you know, you want to promote, you want people to be like, Oh crap, I made a mistake. What do we do about it? And then, so it's looking at, um, you know, what led to the mistake? What are the systemic, you know, systematic problems rather than always saying, Oh, this person screwed up or that person screwed up. It's like, okay, how did the system fail? And, um, because usually that's what it is. Not always. I mean, sometimes people just genuinely make a mistake and that yeah. does happen. Um, and, and I think, you know, most people recognize, like we are Even human. Even when people do just make a mistake that they're like other leading things. Like I think when I was working yeah. for Lowe's, it's, if you ever mess anything up, you were, you admit to it and then there were no repercussions. Yeah, fine. They're, they're like, whatever you were doing, you wouldn't. You'd have, You'd to, have like, to go through retraining, go through training, yeah. or something like that. But no, like, like you wouldn't get a pay cut. You would get fired. You wouldn't yeah, get written. There's up. no demerits. Yeah. And there was one time where I just I backed into an upright with a machine. I drove machines like all the time, six hours a night, and it was just kind of the reason it happened is we were all really tired because we yeah. were down a couple people and we yep. were working too hard. And I probably just like well, and that, off that's for that's like the a half whole a second. that's the whole point with like safety culture is saying. What led to that? So yeah. if you were tired, if you were working when you were tired, then we need to look at the system to figure out why were you still in that position um, to, for something to go wrong if that needs to be corrected. So how, you know, what's the system that says, oh, I don't feel like I can speak up if I'm tired or I, you know, like th there really often are. Um, and so that's kind of the point there. There almost never is, um, is it, it can happen. It definitely is just like, oh man, I just, I just screwed that up. Like, nope, I wasn't tired. I was fresh, whatever. But like most of the time you can look at, oh, we were understaffed. I felt rushed. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I could do this or like there are, um, things even if they're internalized, but like, what is the external structure that yeah, led to that? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like it's something to do a thousand we need times. To, exactly. Yeah. Well, we need to do refresher training more. then. Like, but what are those things? And so that's the that's the approach to safety culture is not blaming the individual. Um, it's saying, okay, how do we support people better? Um, and if it is, again, even if it's blaming the individual in the sense of like, you just screwed up, it's like, okay, well, you are human. It is okay um, when these things happen, you know, time and time again, or if there's evidence of negligence, that needs to be investigated and, and, and addressed and thing. But it's that's pretty rare. Yeah, um, most people care things. about their job. Yeah, well, and especially in the medical field, um, you know, people feel really bad when they make mistakes. And I, I, didn't I tell spend people that's twenty okay. years becoming a vet to not care, right? Um, yeah, like <laughs> I did it for the money. <laughs> Said no veterinarian ever, and so. Um, and in my experience, appropriately, when someone makes a mistake, they feel really bad about it. And I often make um, the the semi joke that if you don't feel bad about it, that's a problem because you're a sociopath. <laughs> like you should feel bad when you make mistakes, but you should it shouldn't devastate you, right? Like this shouldn't be the end. Like oh my gosh, I can't do it. Like no. You have to be able to say, "Man, I screwed up. That sucks. This situation sucks." Um and I, I feel bad, but I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad doctor. I'm not a bad technician. I'm not a bad student. Like th- this is one instance that, and it doesn't define you. Um, but I thought it'd also be good to talk about like, just what do you do? Like, what do you do when you make a mistake or when you find out somebody in your, in your clinical sphere has made a mistake? And so you like coming from, you know, kind of the retail world, like what, what would your thoughts be? What you do when you make a mistake? Yeah, like in medicine, you make a mistake. Uh, I would say figure out um, kind of why it happened. Mm-hmm. That's step one. And then... Nope, not step one. Uh, for me, it'd be step one. Yeah. Why did it happen? And then um, figure out like how should it have been caught? Yeah, that's the later part of it though. So like, okay, if you run into, you said an upright, like some shelving... What's like the very, 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 very first thing you do? Oh, you make sure it's not going to fall over. Yeah, like you just, you check the safety of the situation, right? And so that's exactly that. Later on. No, no, I'm talking about like immediately. So you run, oh, fix the mistake. Yeah. So once you realize a mistake has happened, that, and that is the important thing is like, okay, there's a patient involved in this. And so you have to think, okay, from a medical standpoint is, you know, and this depends, might depend on your role in the situation, but also how you're feeling in the moment. Cause maybe you're the veterinarian and you're like, crap, I'm the person that is supposed to solve this issue now, but I'm like kind of freaking out right now. Cause I just screwed up. You might have to ask for help. Like you might need to call a colleague and be like, I did this. What do I do now? But you need to take care of the patient if at all possible. So, um, unless it's one where the patient has died, which those happen too. Um, if there's something you can do to try to reverse the mistake, undo the mistake or address it, treat it, support the patient. Like number one is what does the patient require right now, um, in order to address this mistake. And that is obviously going to be really variable depending on what the particular mistake is. Um, and it's going to have a wide range of potential. Some, some mistakes are, um, relatively benign and that like, oh, I underdosed this patient on a medication. Um, and if you realize it right away, it's like, oh, okay, I can just give the appropriate dose now. If you overdose them, it's a little trickier. Or if you underdose them repeatedly over time and they're not getting them, that, like that can be harmful, right? Because they're not getting the medication that they presumably need. Um, but 
you know, so they can, they can range from like, oh, this is a potentially fatal, you know, dose of this medication, or I gave this medication to the wrong patient. Like there's all sorts of things that, um, that can go wrong. And medications are a, a common, common sounds not the right word of the mistakes that are made. Mistakes with medications are fairly common. Yeah, that's one that was on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, and it's in human medicine where they have better numbers on this. It's one of the leading causes of, you know, morbidity, like medication mistakes, whether those are math errors or again, giving the medication to the wrong patient. Some of those kind of clerical type errors are are not uncommon of of the errors that get made. And so it's real. It's easy to ha- it's easy for them to happen and we have to be really vi- um, vigilant to try to make sure they don't. But step 1 is assess the situation and do what needs to be done for the patient in that moment. Then what? Step two. What would you think? Have we fixed so again, the patient and all that? Yeah. The patient. Yeah. We're addressing it. It's maybe it's ongoing, but like we've got a plan in place. This is the hard part. Oh, you're saying from like the medical stuff? Like just what's the next or my thing stuff. you have to do? No, not. Well, what do you think based on your experience and your stuff? What do you think the next thing in medical stuff would be? So we're taking care of the I guess patient. The same. You have to, you have to tell everybody. Yeah. And who is everybody? Like, who do you think everybody is? You have to tell your bosses. Yep. You have to tell whoever else is involved in the case. Uh-huh. And then you probably have to tell like owners. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is like, and so it is going to be, again, you might be the boss. Um, but if you're not the boss, you want to make sure you let your bosses know so that they're in the loop. That's not like the urgent, like it has to happen right this minute, or at least I've never really felt that way. It, it might depend. It depends on maybe what for, needs to be involved. Like I think in that it moment. should be because for well, my work, because your bosses know a little better. And yeah. so then they can say, it's like, uh, we need to go back and check this. Like, like, yeah, I guess um, that's fairly, I guess the difference is I that, knew how to do all the racking stuff when I hit the rack. Cause I was the one yeah. that replaced them yeah. just so happened. But like if anybody else had, hit an upright. It didn't look like there was anything wrong. So it's like, oh, just mark it off. That's wrong. Blah, blah, blah. I guess I'm like, thinking no, you have to unload yeah. all the shelf and stuff. I'm thinking, so in my, in my job, like I have a bunch of bosses and so I'm thinking about my bosses. I'm like, they don't need to know right this second, but actually people, people were telling me about it. Cause I, I'm the boss in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess in some ways I was the boss, um, you know, with certain situations, like if, if I'm not involved with the mistake, they're letting me know like, okay. And that was what I was providing. Like, okay, make sure you're doing this. You should do this. You should check this, do these things. Um, and then I also did later on, like it wasn't like right this second, I have to call all of the people who are, but I then like later on sent an email to my bosses like, Hey, FYI, here's the situation. Um, here's what I'm doing about it. Let me know if you want me to do anything differently. But basically this is just a keeping you in the loop kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, I guess it, it depends on like where you are in the, the hierarchy of things or whatnot. Um, but yeah, making sure like if you're not the person who has the authority to make the medical decisions, or you're just not sure what the medical decisions are, definitely talk to the person above you, um, who would know that. And then, um, again, every, like you said, everybody else who's involved in the case who needs to know. So, um, you know, whoever else is working with this case, technicians, um, somebody else who's going to be managing the case, maybe the next day, it needs to be in the medical record. Like that needs to be documented. Like this was, this medication was given, this was accidental or, you know, this particular, whatever happens to be, um, got the wrong medication. It needs to be documented in the medical record as well as all the things that were done afterwards to try to correct it. And then the hardest part is telling the, the pet owner, the client. Um, but that's so important. It's, this is, this is, it's really, it's hard. It's so hard, but it's really important. Um, and you and I were talking about this earlier, um, not on the podcast, but 
how different it is um, in veterinary medicine versus like in like the corporate world um, or in like even human medicine. I, now, I don't know. I don't practice in human medicine, but I hear and I've heard like you're not supposed to admit fault for things because people get litigious. And if you yeah. say we are at fault. Yeah, for it's this. like that in the, the retail world, too. It's, if some if a product's hurt, yeah, then whatever. You damage some material, whatever. But if a person's hurt, you're never supposed to. Oh, that was my fault. fault. Yeah, like that just really bothers me. I understand the reasons for it. There's also the sort of thing. It's like once you admit fault, then you've admitted fault, even if it wasn't your fault. Right, right, like, right. Like we had one time, and when I was working at Lowe's, the we had put a cart where it's supposed to go, mm-hmm. and um, this older gentleman just backed up for some reason and fell over it. And like busted his head open. Ew, yeah, he he was uh, he was more embarrassed than anything, sure. and just wanted to go. And we're all like trying to help yeah. him and everything, yeah. making sure he's okay. But in the situation, there's no like like oh sorry, I put that cart there. It's my fault. Which that is a natural inclination it. to want to do. Yeah, that. most people wouldn't do, but just to alleviate his like, embarrassment right. or different things. Yeah. yeah, but you're like no. But like, um, whose fault is that? Is sure, it's not the person's fault for putting the cart there, yeah. or is it the guy for just yeah. backing into it? But like, if there's something that is clearly your fault, yeah. like, well, I, it's hard to because like, how much is a person worth? Well, and it's not a even person just that. is worth. Well, yeah, litigiously. Yeah, but like, like, it's very clear if in human medicine, just like in in veterinary medicine, if we give the wrong medication or give the this patient's medication to a different patient, like that's clearly a mistake. Yeah. Like we're at fault. We're human. I'm not saying it was malicious or even that it was negligent, but it was like it was a mistake. And there's no getting around that it was a mistake. Yeah. And so this idea that like you can't admit to that, I think, is really is sad and very problem. And, and the good news is in veterinary medicine, that's not the standard. Like we right. teach students and what, what I have always practiced is you own that mistake and you say, here's what happened. Here's the potential impact. Here's what we're doing again. So step one, you know, you're attending to the patient. And so then when you're contacting the client to let them know about this mistake, you can already, you know, have that plan. Like, here's what's going to happen. Here's what we're doing now. If needed, you've already talked to your boss to say, we're going to be covering X, Y, and Z. You know, I've always assumed um, and I've, this has never been wrong, but like if, if, um, I, or somebody on my team makes a mistake, then for sure, all of the things that we do next that have to do like things we weren't going to do, um, but we're doing now because this mistake was made, we're going to pay for that. Like the client is not going to be financially responsible for that. That always reminds me of it's, uh, one of my friends went and got a haircut at Supercuts, and I guess he got <laughs> yeah. it with um, the story. It's a good one with a, a new person and he didn't realize it. And uh, the manager came over. He's like, let me start with, this is a free haircut. <laughs> this, and he's just like, this what? haircut is going to be free. Uh, and already you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and so he wore glasses, he had glasses off so he could see. It was funny too. When he told me the story, I thought his haircut looked pretty good. Yeah. He's like, looks like I have a receding hairline. Well, I was like, mm, you, you just have a receding <laughs> Hairline, your haircut doesn't look that bad. <laughs> but yeah, let me start with. Uh, I think me and my other buddy were like, "Sweet free haircut." <laughs> yeah, right. But we're both. And cheap, again, so. well, and it's a haircut. Your hair's gonna grow yeah. back, and as you know, as frustrating as it would be to get a bad haircut, it's not the same as hearing that um, you know your pet got the wrong treatment yeah. or they took the wrong leg off or you know like some of those things are dev- or that you know worst case scenario your pet has died because we made a mistake. That's really hard. That's really really hard. Um, and. 
So, you know, my, my advice, cause I've had to do this a number of times. Um, sometimes it was a mistake I've made. Sometimes it's a mistake that, um, I wasn't directly involved in, but ultimately I'm responsible for. And, um, and it doesn't matter. They, they all suck. Uh, <laughs> and client, there's a range, man, of how they respond. Um, and you, I, I am bad at predicting how somebody's going to respond to this. Um, some people are like just almost like it's 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 almost weird and and makes things worse like how understanding they are about everything where you're like you should really be more upset than you are like why aren't you yelling at me um you know because of the severity of it and um you know so they range from that to where they um kind of almost and and it's not fair to say they overreact but they they react in a way that is disproportionate to at least what you perceive is the severity of the mistake. Um, and, and probably that's just because you understand the situation better, right? Like, um, if you are the professional and you're like, okay, we did this mistake and we, uh, we've been underdosing this dog for the past couple of days on this medication and we realized it and that's probably why he's not getting better. But now that we've corrected it, like, I I don't know, like you, you kind of have this, this big picture understanding of things. And, um, and where, when you're disclosing a mistake to a client, like they don't have that expertise. And so that unknown, it must be, must be really scary. Um, but what I've learned is, you know, you just kind of have to rip the bandaid off and say, you know, unfortunately I have to share with you, you know, that we, we made a mistake and here's what it was and, you know, give them a, you know, a little bit of information. If you bombard them with too much, like they're going to stop listening to you. Cause then you just have to wait and like whatever their response is, whether that's anger, whether that's sadness, like whether they're yeah, crying or they yelling. Well, it, yeah, but you also just like, you need to give it a minute um, because they're it, like, they can't process it beyond that initial shock. So it's just like that wrapping their brain around this is a mistake. And like anything I say in that time, they're not going to remember any of this. But didn't you go to school for this stuff? <laughs> um, and yeah, they'll lash out and they will say mean things sometimes. And this is, this is one of those rare times, like with there's, there's a, there's a limit to what I'll put up with, but even this, the, the limit gets a lot higher in these situations because one, people just need to vent. They need to lash out. They need to kind of say their thing. So as long as they're not getting to the point of like threatening violence or, you know, being like really, really, you know, I just kind of just, yep. Yep. Got to take it. Um, and it's hard because you want to try to say things to make it better, but you can't like, that's the, that's the hard part is, is I can't undo this. And that's actually what I often say is, um, I, I'm so sorry. And, and I, I understand that there's nothing I can do to undo this. And therefore I, I can't make this better. Uh, I, the fact that this happened, I can't make it better. So all I can share with you is this is everything that we're doing, um, to try to address the issue. Um, and, and, it's, it's interesting how consistent it is um, that eventually, no matter how people respond initially, no matter what, eventually, I think this has been true in every single case where I've had to talk to a client about a mistake we've made. They want to know what are we doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? Like that is the universal yeah. response eventually, not often immediately. Immediately they're just thinking about their own pet, but like whether the pet died, whether it's fine or, and all the things in between, they ultimately want to know what are you guys doing? Like what happened? How did this happen? How That's the comment. How, how could this have happened? Um, and what are you doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? Which I think is actually a pretty cool response, you know, is that recognition that like we can't go back in time and make this mistake not have happened. So how do we prevent it from happening again? Um, which is 
you know, that that's also should be our response, which is kind of the next steps after you dealt with the immediate, okay, we've done what we can to help the patient. We have, um, you know, informed everybody that needs to know, including the, the, the client. Then it's like, now we have to figure out what the heck happened. Like, how did this happen? And what can we do to try to make it not happen again? And that's not always easy. Um, you know, so it's, it's like doing a little mini investigation. Mm-hmm you know, talking to everybody, what happened, you know, then it's just, you know, getting the facts, um, and separating what happened with like who did it and, you know, really it's going to happen. So if you're in the medical professional, um, if you are a veterinarian, a veterinary technician, I I will tell you, you will make a mistake and it will have an impact on a client. And at some point, if you practice long enough, you'll kill a patient, which is really awful. And it's really hard to hear, but it's going to happen. Um, and and it, and it does like it sucks. It's and you will remember them. You'll remember all of them, and but yeah, you'll like get a, past them. A one in ten thousand mistake. You're gonna for remember most it. people is once a year. Yeah, yeah. Like you do so many things. You do little things all the time every day. Now the even scarier part is all the like maybe the little mistakes you make that you're not even aware of. That's kind of terrifying to me. Um, <laughs> but what you don't want to do is make the same mistakes. Like that's, I mean, that's the key, right? Is, and that's exactly what clients, you know, that's what they want to get out of it is like, what are you doing to make sure this doesn't happen again? Because you don't, nobody wants to make the same mistakes. And so if you as a clinic or as a hospital or as a service or whatever, you guys are routinely making, that's a problem. You can't be making the same, even if it's different people, that's a systems problem. And so how are we preventing this from happening? Um, yeah, it's again, not really a mistake then. Right. Carelessness. Yeah. Well, and, and again, at, what level it might not be an individual it might be that our system is broken mm-hmm. um and we we need to address that because we're not addressing it if it's happening repeatedly um human errors is part of the deal it's it's how it goes and you're going to make mistakes for sure um but it's how you deal with them that really really matters and so that that's the point i want to drive home is one you shouldn't be covering this up like don't cover it up like if you've made a mistake tell the people around you i get some help and support for you know whatever the patient needs tell the clients tell your bosses um because hiding it does not fix any of it um and i i think even though like if people go back and find it then that's like oh that's way worse. career ending yeah yeah Whereas the other one is just covering like, it up Meh. well you've said that same thing right like if you're out there and you make a mistake and you are own it up you're like hey i screwed this that they go oh, everything's fine but if yeah. you lie about it yeah that then you're fired right right yeah that's it you're done Aww. there's no discussion there's like oh you lied about this bye because now that's a safety issue mm-hmm um, disclosing your mistakes, we can do something about that. Lying about them, like you, we've missed our window. Um, that our window of opportunity to fix this has God, that closed. That used to be a big pain in the butt when I was a night manager because they would blame everything on the night crew. Anytime <laughs> anything was bent or messed up, it's like, yeah. oh, the night crew did it. Like, no, the night so crew So then I, because <laughs> because it's like, it's a serious thing. I have to go around and figure out what happened. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it, I could like, wasn't any of my people because of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But we had to do that every time they accused yeah. of something. Yeah. Well, and then there are times that you unknowingly do things, right? Yeah. Like it's certainly possible that you would make a mistake and not, and somebody else has to come back and be like, oh, and you're like, no, 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 I didn't do that. And then you go look, you're like, oh crap, I totally did that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had no, you know, and that's, that's okay. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but if you're no, if you're covering things up, right. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's the that, that's the tough part, and it, nobody likes making mistakes. Like you, 
you feel like an idiot. And that's a normal way to feel. Um, you're going to feel dumb. But I would encourage you when you make your mistakes, because you're gonna, is, um, you know, try really hard to just talk about it, own it. If you are the person listening to somebody else who's made a mistake, they already feel bad. They don't need your help in that department. They do not need your help feeling worse. Okay. Now it can be, yep, man, that sucks, right? Like empathizing. It really sucks. I'm sorry that you're dealing with this right now. And then, you know, if depending on your, you know, role in the system, maybe you're just the friend and that's all you, that's where it ends, right? You're just the colleague, friend, whoever was like, man, that does suck. But maybe you're part of the system and when they're, when they're ready, okay, let's, let's, let's look at this. Let's figure out what, what happened. How did this happen? And how do we try to make it not happen again? What role did we, the, the, the capital W we, or the system, uh, what role did that play into this mistake? Because uh, I think that can be helpful as well. But just, yeah, acknowledging, empathizing. And then no, if you're the one that's made the mistake, you'll get past it. You 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 know, you have to. You have to learn from it. Because um, if you don't learn from it, then it was a huge waste. And we don't want, we don't want yeah. that to happen. You probably won't make that mistake again. You better not, right? You better not make that mistake again. Um, it'll always be in the back of your head. Yeah. like And, and that's the thing. You, you Did do. I carry the one? right? Now, math errors are the thing, but it's double checking, right? Like usually the error isn't that somebody did math wrong because doing math wrong is really easy. It's like, why do want, why don't we have a system to double check the math in place? Um, and if we do, why did that fall through? Or, you know, who th that's when math errors happen because they do. Um, wh why were our, our um, checks and balances not working? Or did we not have checks and balances? Like that might, you might be like, oh no, we just, we just do the math once and that's it. Maybe... Maybe that's not how it should be. Or maybe those two very different drugs that start with A shouldn't be next to each other. Yeah. Like, it, that's so funny because, like, um, I think there is one every in pharmacy the I've ever worked ENT. in. Yeah. They have like big labels for the things that look alike or sound alike, um, those kinds of things to prevent errors like that. Yeah. I think there was one some of my friends in Gainesville were talking about one time. There's like a, I think if you're having a heart attack, there's a drug that starts with an A that you're supposed to give them. Okay. And then there's a drug that starts with an A that will just kill them. Oh, okay. And there was a, uh, like one of the EMTs that had pulled that one up, the one that would kill the person. Yeah. And I think they like caught it right before they did it. Oh, interesting. I wonder what they were. I'm like, I'm thinking A drugs, like amiodarone, atropine, different that you like, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, but there's clearly in that situation, like there were some checks and balances. So somebody else, I don't know if that was just dumb luck that somebody else saw it. Oh, that's probably, yeah. I think there's always two of them and right. they kind of, they might like announce what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's always, that's always the interesting thing. And, and it gets particularly tricky when you put, you know, two inexperienced people together, right? Because Sometimes it's the experience of, hey, wait, that's not the, or knowing, like you've seen that mistake before. And so, you know, to double check those certain things, um, you know, but hope, the hope is that you don't have to make a mistake to avoid the mistake, right? Like that you can learn from other people's mistakes. And that's where these kind of systematic um, changes come in where they go, okay, we're not going to store those two drugs anywhere near each other. Or this one's going to have a big old sign on it that says not for heart attack victims or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever that particular, um, you know, check and balance should be. Um, what, what, what do you need to do? And so sometimes you have to take a hard look at how your system works to figure out like, Okay, it's easy to blame people, but usually that's not the whole story. Um, or it's 
we need to recognize that we are people and we are flawed and we make mistakes. And therefore, because it's people doing this, what are the safeguards that we need to put in place um, to catch these types of mistakes? Because they happen. The end. They do and they will and they'll continue to. That's, you know, the reality of it. So, but um, one thing I was going to say is the other thing that I've experienced is in general, the, the, the scare, I think for most people, the scariest part, other than like just knowing what they did to the patient, like what happened to the patient is the conversation with the clients. And in my experience, I can't think of a, a scenario where I've been involved in where this wasn't true, that at the end of the process, um, disclosing the mistake to the client at the end, I think led to, if anything, increased trust after the fact. Uh, not initially, because <laughs> people's initial response is what that, you know, is they, they sort of temporarily lose all their faith in you. Um, but I think how you handle it from there can actually strengthen that, that trust between you and them. Because one, they know that you've, you, you were honest when you own the mistake, when here's the thing, like the reality is you could make a mistake. And if you never tell the client, you could cover it up really easily. Like that sounds terrible, but you totally could. Why? Yeah, they're they they're not medical professionals. They don't know. Oh, this, no, this is a complication that can happen. Oh, these things, these can, you can just cover that up. Yeah. How many clients read the medical report? Well, you don't and put it in the, you could not put it. it in the medical report. Yeah. You could just not put it down. Like we didn't give the wrong medication. Oh, well, that's done. Like it would, in most medical record systems, it'd be really easy to cover up. I think all medical, it'd be super easy to cover up. And that's like sort of terrifying. Um, and I think people have this this general understanding that like I the only reason I know that you made a mistake when treating my pet is because you told me you made a mistake. Like that's it. That's that's the reason I know. And there's probably some situations where somebody could be like, oh, this this is wrong. Blah blah. blah. I'm gonna go and dig oh, into like it. Oh, when they find the sponge in the people. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. TV. Obviously, then, but then you have to trace back. Okay, who left the sponge? Maybe this person's had multiple surgeries. How are you gonna trace back who did? It was the chief of staff. Is that is this a Grey's Anatomy reference? I'm pretty again? sure it was Grey's Anatomy. I mean, that's a thing that can happen for sure. And I know, I know people, I know surgeons who have had that mistake happen where they left some type of material. That's why, but that's that's where the counting in and counting out of sponges becomes a thing, right? Like those happen. Like that protocol is in place and is common. Like you count the number of sponges. The reason that they they make. Uh, lap sponges, so surgery um, gauze things that you use at surgery that have a strip through them that you can see on x-rays, specifically because people have made these mistakes. And then, so they say, okay, we are human. So we're going to have a count in, count out. We're going to have um, materials that we can actually more easily identify. Like people have created all of these new systems because we've made mistakes. <laughs> and the, the idea is we shouldn't all have to make the mistakes individually to learn from them and to figure out ways to prevent them. Um, and so, but that only happens if people share those stories, right? Like if you live in your own little quiet world and you're like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody about my, that means they don't get to benefit from learning from your mistakes. Um, and think of there'd be so many safeguards that we have in place that wouldn't exist if people didn't share and say, oh, here's here's how we screwed up. Here's how our system didn't work. And here's what we did to fix it. We're like, what a great idea. And so now there are products on the market to like specifically to reduce the likelihood of certain mistakes. Like, I don't know. It's just, we got to just own it. That's, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. So it's going to happen to you. It's going to suck. But own it, learn from it, and be better on the other end from it. That's that's the take-home message. That's it. That's all I got. 
<laughs> so it's a happy thing from this it's week. It's super happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. What's a happy thing? Oh, what's a happy thing? I have nothing happy from this no. one. Well, no. No. Uh, Moonfall. Oh, yeah. And Jackass. Yeah. Yeah. You we sh- you should not see that movie. <laughs> I mean, we liked it, but you should not go see it that movie. It was hilarious. It was, it was so inappropriate. Um, Moonfall was really good. Better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Moonfall was good. I liked it a lot. Um, also, people making mistakes left and right in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really higher up people making mistakes mm-hmm. and then like not doing anything about making it. the wrong assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not checking their email. No, exactly. Um, no. Oh, here's another thing. So I had some lectures this week or one lecture this week. I have, so last year when I did this course, it was all pre-recorded lectures and this year I'm doing them live, which is super exciting. The problem is I talk too much. <laughs> And, um, um, I do really enjoy like interacting with the students like during and like sharing stories and getting some feedback from them and answering questions, but it does make the lecture time longer, <laughs> all of those interactions. And so I had everything kind of like, okay, this is how much time I have. Cause I got 50 minutes. Right. Um, and when I do pre-recordings, that's not an issue because one, um, I'm not having all those like extra interactions not and things. 15 like, minutes celebrating with your new laser pointer. It wasn't 15 minutes. It was like 12 seconds. Um, but I really did like the new laser pointer. It was really fun. I didn't have to constant, like I can wander and I did wander, but I feel like I wandered a little less, like maybe it was less distracting. I don't know. We'll have to ask the students. <gasps> I feel like but you should have a microphone when you walk around. It I could do. be like a, Oh, I have one clipped to my one that thing. you can like give to students oh. to kind of like a, like a Sally Jesse. <laughs> like a Sa- that's exactly what I was picturing. I think she was Sally the main one. She'd go over to the audience, give oh. me the microphone. All right. I have to, I guess you have to buy me like another microphone that like is portable. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm trying to think if there are any in the auction. I think we sold them last time. Oh, lame. Um, no, so I have to, I, essentially what I'm going to do, like I'm going to keep talking and sharing the stories because I think that helps keep people engaged, but I have to cut material out of my lectures. Yeah. I'm like, okay, how important is this? Okay, I got to cut this. I got to cut this so that I have time for Maybe all of that. Maybe if you did a flipped classroom, it wouldn't matter. Here's the problem with doing a flipped cra- classroom. There's, the students would have to put three times as many hours into the <laughs> class. No, this is, this is yeah, the problem. It's totally true because now you're like, all right, you got to do two hours of work and then still come to an hour lecture. All right, watch the lecture where I tell you everything and then come to class and we're going to have fun. So it only works if you're the outside of class stuff is like 15, 20 minutes and then the inside of class stuff can be the full hour. But um, there's just, there's so much material. They just, there's a lot. They're totally committed. They could do it. Um, No, I. How many classes do they have? Five. A million. Um, yeah, I don't know. They have a lot of credits in this part of the curriculum, but anyway, um, so those were, so I had my new, (laughs) you're ridiculous. I had my new laser pointer and, um, slide advancer. That was pretty exciting. I got applause about that. I had told them the week before that I didn't have it and I I needed to get it. And then I was going to order us. I'll have this next week. And then I started, I was like, I'm pretty excited. And then they, they clapped. It was really cute. Um, so they were also excited. I don't know if they were excited afterwards. They were like, that was kind of a letdown. (laughs) Why was she so excited about this? Um, and then, well, and then I forgot to turn it on too. I turned it on to test it. I was like, cool, it's working. And then I turned it off because I guess I had to save battery. I don't know, for like a minute or two. And then when I went to start, I was like, what? The laser's not working. I was like, oh crap, <laughs> I didn't turn it on. Um, so they got a chuckle out of that. So that wasted, a, you know, 30 seconds. And then I tell stories and I make jokes and walk around, ask them for input, let them ask questions. Can you believe I let them ask questions? It's slowing me down. 
And so I went over in the lecture, which I felt bad about. I did. I mean, I told him, I was like, hey, time is up. You guys can get up, go to the bathroom, do what you need to do. You're not going to like distract. Like, I, it's not rude. Do your thing. But I still felt bad that I went over. So um, for the lectures for this week, I tried to make sure I, I cut enough that that won't happen. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll try. It'll happen. It will. But I'm trying. I'm at least making an effort to to respect their time as well. There's just I so much one stuff of I want to talk about. Talk because I go to see you for lunch every day. I was coming one day and they were talking about one of their anatomy lectures. It was like 174 slides or something. Oh, good lord! And they had got through like 20, 20 in the class. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now I gotta look at the rest of these. Oh no! I always tell them if I don't get through it in class, and I'm like, this won't be on the like anything that I didn't get through, you won't be responsible yeah. for. Which is why my whole point is like I should in advance go through and cut out what is like the least relevant stuff to make sure I'd rather finish a little bit early um, than late. And cause they have plenty of material, but it's mostly just that I spend too much time like going, but I think that's the stuff that helps them remember it. Hopefully at, at least some of them. Um, but anyway, so that was, that was this week. Those were other good things. So I've got some lectures this week and what else? Yeah, no, it was a good week. It was a good week. We had some good cases. Um, we can save some other stuff for, for next week. In case this happens to be a really boring week, I can yeah. lie and say like, oh, so this last week happened, blah, blah, blah. And it was actually from two weeks ago. So I got some things in my back pocket. So don't you guys worry. We'll have lots of good stuff to talk about next Always week. Always be something to talk about on yeah. the week. That's right. Bum, 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 bum. And that's it. That's it for this week. So thanks for listening. Um, feel free to reach out to us on our social media things that we have, which are Twitter, and, and Instagram, Instagram and, and email. email. So yeah, if you have ideas for things you want us to talk about or you want to tell about your week, I don't know. And then we can yeah. talk about it. That sounds fun. Come on the show. It'd be great. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.